When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I am Nate Bauer. This is the Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition. I've got Sean Fitz with me, and I cannot believe I'm saying this. It's Rose Bowl week. Penn State, Utah. Monday of, uh, what's that, five days from now? So Penn State uh, getting, getting ready for its postseason play, and we're here to talk about it. Let's do it. Fitz. yo sorry i got my windows crossed up here i'm back on it and uh we're good to go because we got a lot to talk about nate it's Rose Bowl week, as you said you we're recording it? on a wednesday to be shown on a thursday because there's a big old time crunch coming with travel and things like that so hopefully we get all this settled and uh by the time we talk about it hopefully it's not out of date so here's what we've got <laughs> Yeah, no, that feels about right. We've uh, we have made it through the crush of Christmas. We we've survived. Kids in hand. I, we're here. I know we're, we're here. here. Like that, that's the best, that's the most I can say right now. It's at least on this side is we're here, and I'm pretty happy yeah. about that. So yeah. Anyway, Penn State uh, bowl prep. Uh, yeah, they've got Utah, of course, on January second with the, uh, the the Rose Bowl. Penn State. So bowl prep is for those not aware. It's a it's a mix of things. It's it's like preseason camp. It's like spring ball. It's like uh, you know summer training at times. Things like that. Um, so it, it, it's not really defined. Fifteen practices ish is what you're working with here. Um, it's always good to get the extra fifteen practices. And and when I reached out to a, a contact the other day to get some uh, some juice on this, it's like yeah. To be honest with you, it's not very interesting. So okay, great. That's uh, that that's terrible for me, but we make it work. Um, yeah. So Penn State started in early December. And of course, with the early signing period now, things have changed. Um, so you, it, it's it's different in that sometimes GA is running practices. Sometimes the coach, the full coaching staff is there. They've had them there over the weekends and things like that. But you, of course, your focus is doing everything you can for that early signing period, for the portal, for the retention of your own roster, which is uh, getting bigger and bigger. Um, but, uh, that's kind of where you're at in the first part of December. So you come off of a long season. I mean, football seasons are long and painful for a lot of guys. You get a chance after Thanksgiving or after that Thanksgiving game against Michigan state to settle back in, to get healthy, to take some time, to get in the training room, to get yourself right, basically. And then you basically have to reacclimate to practice. So, um, the first couple of practices always light. I call it getting back in the groove. I mean, that's basically where you're at with that. Um, make a lot of the corrections that you saw from the Michigan State game and from others that you piled up along the way. That's why they have these analysts and things like that to tell them what they need to do in a, I'm not going to call it a softer practice, but you know, you're oftentimes without pads and things like that. So the, the, the practices in December are developmental for the most part in early December. Then in that second, third of these 15 practices, you kind of mix that with game prep. So started watching Utah film or well, they've they've been watching Utah film for a while since they found out, but started um, putting the Utah game plan together, doing things back in state college, 
Um, your reps, you try to keep the same as early um, as, as you did in early December, but you're also gearing towards game plan. So that's not typically um, how things work. Then you go to L.A. You know, they flew to L.A. the day after Christmas. Um, they get together. Now they're doing their, their typical game week prep um, for Utah. So that's kind of how you break that up. And it's it's been a, you know, a, a strategy that it doesn't defer or it doesn't it's not that different from program to program year to year, things like that. So that's where they're at. So what do you accomplish in pre or pre bowl prep postseason pre bowl prep? Um, I think a lot of that is geared toward next season, uh, next spring, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's where I look at the quarterback reps, uh, from reaching out. It's been like a one-to-one-to-one split. I mean, you take Christian Veyer out of there. So that means you've got three guys to work through plenty of reps to go around. Um, so Sean Clifford's reps go down. Drew Aller's reps go up, Bo Perbula's reps go up. That's great. Um, so they've been kind of working with that. Now, as they get closer to the game in this week in LA, Sean Clifford's reps will go back up. Those backups will will go back to the back. But it's a really, really uh, good um, experience for those two backups because they get a little bit more time with the first team. They get a little bit more time with the uh, the typical offense that you would run. And I think that that's going to be something that sets the stage for the spring with, uh, with Drew and Bo essentially going at it. We still think Drew is going to be the starter, right? As far as I know, yeah. Okay. No, no, I'm just, I'm just, I, I've been talking for a while. I wanted to make sure you were still on the other end. Um, I'm listening. I'm listening. Like, I look, I, I think that the question for you uh, and maybe myself is uh, people want to know who's flashing, right? Who, who's, who's making the jump in bull prep. And the reality is no one, right? Like that's, it's, it's just not the time for that. That's, this isn't where, the light comes on because typically I think in all the years that we've been doing this, we would both say we, we hear more uh, about winter workouts, right. Is when it kind of starts like just that transition from last year to the new year uh, is, is where it starts. And then spring practice is, is that time when guys can show something different, in terms of the observers, right? So the coaches, the the staff, the people who are watching them play in practice, you're not, you're not going to have a guy who didn't impress you from September through November, who all of a sudden it clicks in December bowl prep. You're in such a routine from August to September, of course, by a week, you can throw that in there, but um, you're in such a routine that it's, I'm not saying it's hard to get out of it, but it's it's the way that you work. And that's and this is this is another game. You get an extra essentially an extra week of game prep with that second third of practice for Utah. Um, so it, it kind of is like a bye week in that sense. But you're doing your things. You're doing the things that you need to do to make the corrections that you saw all throughout the season and then working from there. And you're also teaching those younger players how to do the process that you do this, the the best practices that you put in and then spring is time. That's the time to try some, some other things. That's the time to work some guys around in different matchups or different combinations and things like that. So, yeah. So that, that basically goes back to my original point is like not as much as happening as you think it would, you know, and that's true for practice throughout the year. And then you get to bowl prep. There's that. Now that said, there are still some guys that, you know, we've talked to, to our people about that seem to be um, making some strides. And I, and I would say that this is not just a hey, this guy had a great December. This is probably a culmination of the last half of the season getting into what 
they want to do an assist in their system and how these guys fit in their system. And a lot of those freshmen, they hit that freshman plateau. They really stop growing and things like that. And once they burst through it, I think that's where we're seeing some of these guys um, getting some praise. So uh, guys like Caden Saunders, guys like uh, Omari Evans, the especially receiver, which is a very important position that we'll talk about in a little bit. A guy like Veggie Ione, who was one of the first people pointed to this week when I asked the people, who's a guy that's, you know, probably not going to factor into the Rose Bowl, but could be a guy that factors in next year more than people think. Vegione, a great grab last year, uh, late in the cycle, kind of going through in this in this time frame that we're in right now. Offered him in December. He was a, a Washington commit originally. Stepped back from that. They got him on campus. How they got him here, I don't know. That's a heck of a recruiting job. Stacy Collins was big in that one, of course. Um, but uh, you got him across, and once they got him, very happy with what they got because this is a three hundred thirty pounder. Who still has room to grow? This kid is absolutely massive, still has room to grow. Um, and they're really excited for him to push next year uh, on that. Uh, I don't want to say for a starting spot, but in that 2D, uh, it can definitely yeah. make some noise. And it, it is funny because you look at the last month of the season and Vega played in three games. JB Nelson played in three games. It's very interesting because the red shirt rule that just came out with the, uh, the NCAA said, okay, well, you can play in four games in the year and you can play in the bowl game. The bowl game is not going to matter. It's not going to count against you. And right. that just bleeped a lot of things up for the plants, you know, and, and, and it's, and they, they handled it the way they did. They kept the red shirt on Nelson. They kept the red shirt on Ione. Drew Shelton's wasn't staying because of the situation at tackle. That's fine. Um, but they would have really liked to get an extra game out of each of those guys in November, given the way that they scrapped and clawed their way through the last month of the season. I know the competition wasn't the highest level, but, offensive lineman kind of important in this one. Yeah. So um, now that that rule is out, I think that rule is hopefully here to stay. I think it's the right thing to do, but to do it in mid-December and essentially not warn any of your member institutions that it was going to come down the pike for you in mid-December. Yeah. I think there's some people that are going to be questioning that decision. How, how about five years of eligibility? Let's just, let's just skip the rigmarole and, uh, <laughs> and, get, and get right to it because it, whatever right like four games five games at this point you're talking about nearly half of the season uh but i do i do think it's ironic i mean i, I literally wrote stories every week for the last five weeks of the season about how they were handling red shirts and juggling those guys and how they were trying to piecemeal it all together based on and, the injuries they that they it. had there right they still did it that was the amazing but they wouldn't have had to it, it would it would not have had to be as complex and right like it, yeah. less concern less worries uh ha had that rule been in place and had they told had the ncaa made that announcement in i don't know october right where where it uh it may have been relevant so uh anything else from from bull prep things that uh that stand out to you or things that you think need to be addressed not particularly um, wide receiver, definitely a focus with Parker Washington moving on. We're going to talk a yeah. little bit later in the show about Parker Washington leaving Joey Porter, you know, leaving early Brenton strange, the new news that popped up last night that he was going to go pro um, no unexpected decisions. If you're following the right reporting, but it's still something worth talking about, not only for the bowl game in one instance, but with transfer portal with the 2023 rosters stuff that's uh, that, that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. Speaking of the right reporting, uh, this feels like the right time to tell people watching that for $10, they can access the Lion's Den message board and 
all of the stuff that we're talking about behind the paywall at Blue White Illustrated, part of the On3 network. Uh, $10 from now until the end of August it takes you all the way to the start of the 2023 season. So if, if there is ever a time for juice and to follow, you know, kind of the things that are happening just beneath the surface, now is that time. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, Rose Bowl. We're going. Greg yeah. and Ryan are going. Uh, things are happening. Should we. Uh, should we talk about uh, a little bit of the week that is to come? Yeah, we can do that. You've got the itinerary right there in front of you. I do, I do have it right there in front of me. Uh, just for people who are going to follow along, you know, what, kind of wondering what the schedule is, what kind of content is going to be uh, coming out of Los Angeles over the next, uh, you know, whatever it is, four or five days. Uh, offense, Penn State's offense availability is on Thursday. So that's like five players and a coach. Uh, the defense will be on Friday in LA. Uh, these are both in the morning, uh, West Coast time. And so uh, defense, and I believe Manny Diaz on Friday with uh, select again, a selection of, of players. Practice will be open for both of those days to the media. I think it's it's always the same thing. It's like Sliver. 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So you're not you're not gonna there's not gonna be any, you know, grand understanding or reveal from Penn State's practices, but Nonetheless, it'll be they're, good to see they're those ob- guys. It's worth saying they're obligated to do this via, <laughs> yeah. via the bowl. Um, yeah. They would not. I don't think they would open it uh, that much if they, unless they had to. Yeah. It's so, it, but it, even then, even though it's open, it, it will be a limited window. Uh, Saturday is the the showdown day, the the showcase day, I should say. It is team media day, and because of the setup of these uh, New Year's Six bowls, everyone's available. So the right, all the guys that we want to talk to, Nick Singleton, Drew Alar, uh, Abdul Carter, Denai, you, you name it, uh, all of those guys will be available. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if we'll talk to anyone who is who is graduating and leaving because all of the interest, uh, certainly with Penn State football moving forward, is is with some of these young studs and uh, the things that they're doing, and then finally. Uh, obviously the game moved to Monday because of the new year holiday uh, head coaches though, will be on Sunday. So Kyle Whittingham and James Franklin will take the podium for the first and last time on Sunday morning. So I, I like looking forward said, to all of it. I like that you said because of the new year holiday and not the NFL. And that's basically the reason for it. So, cause they get their, they get their Sunday. Yeah. You know what I meant. You know I what did. I meant. After after reading that column last night about the demise of the Rose Bowl. Uh... <laughs> oh, boy. 
man, they had to change the flyover I, too. So, you know, is this even a Rose Bowl, really? It, yeah, not, not as far as I'm concerned. Uh, let, let, let's get let's get into some of the personnel notes. Obviously, Penn State has had, uh, you know, look, it's 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 an interesting balance, right? Because you've had uh, some high profile guys announce that they are moving on from the program <laughs> after this season, and really, uh, the majority of them have been, you know, a guy like Drew Scruggs would be a bonus year of eligibility. Uh, who, who he won't take advantage of that. Um, you know, Parker Washington moving on. Brenton Strange is the most recent one. Uh, and certainly earlier in December, Joey Porter announced that he won't be back. But a lot of these guys are still playing in the game. So Juice Ruggs still playing. Uh, Brenton Strange still playing. It's not, it's not as though the story right now is opt-outs as much as it is, what you know, Yes, there is still a game to play, but what's next for Penn State beyond these guys uh, for the 2023 season? So let's let's maybe start with Brenton Strange since he's the most recent. Yeah, yeah. Well, first with the with the the whole opting out thing, you know, the Rose Bowl matters definitely. Like this is something we talked about for weeks. Penn State will be without. I mean, there would have been without Parker Washington anyway. Um, they'll be without Joey Porter essentially uh, in terms of opt outs. Whereas. Washington, or Washington, whereas Utah is going to miss Dalton Kincaid and Clark Phillips, they're one of their top offensive weapons and then their top defensive player. So you'd have to think Utah probably hit a little bit harder by this, but both teams in today's game, in today's what we what we've gotten used to in terms of opting outs, both teams relatively got off light. You know, not not really yep. uh, hurting. Now that's not to say guys won't be on pitch counts and we won't see some some more younger guys getting into the the fray and things like that. But that's kind of where we find ourselves. Getting back to Brenton Strange, um, expected decision. This is one that we've been talking about for a while now. And even I think we had Andrew Rappelier on last week, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure Brenton's going." So he kind of <laughs> let the cat out of the bag with that one. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a situation where you look at Penn State's tight end room, you still feel really good about what's there. Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren have experience. Khalil Dinkins, I like what I've seen from Khalil Dinkins. I'm curious to see when you elevate him to a potential number three role, how that ha- uh, how that works and and how that influences um, his his future at Penn State. Jerry Cross mo- missed most of the season with an injury. James Franklin said late in the year that he got in and did some nice things. So we'll see what happens. What it what's interesting to me is Andrew Rappelier is going to come in next. I think May it is. He said. And I think he's going to shake some things up because he's really good and he can, he's big enough to play uh, pretty soon. Joey Schlaffer is a guy that needs some time to put some, some weight on to play that position. Mega Barnwell. You're not sure. Is he ever going to be a tight end? It's hard to say, Um, but he's uh, as Ryan and I've said to his credit has slimmed down and it looks more like a tight end now, but Rappelier, you just throw on the film. And I think he's at another level when you take into account being an all around tight end. So is he your number three guy next year? I don't know. That'd be interesting to see. Uh, is Dinkins that guy? Um, he's kind of a different type of player, probably more of an H uh, guy that you can basically call a move tight end. Um, whereas Rappelier can play, I think, both spots. So very interested to see how they handle that. But to be honest with you, if you're doing a, a like an impact meter of how much this changes some things, not really. Brenton Strange is a great player, great player, um, and really he's an he's a draftable kid in the NFL. Uh, does a lot of things well. He's going to make somebody happy. Um, and make a roster somewhere. But at the same time, you look at that room and you still feel pretty good about what what's left behind. Yeah, it, it uh, certainly is not a case of thank you for your service. right? Like Penn State would have loved to have had him back. But, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the, the, the guy made 
tremendous stride. I mean, just thinking back to, to his freshman year and, and sophomore year, when really the sophomore year, he was kind of thrown into the mix unexpectedly based on what happened with Pat Fryermuth. Yeah. Uh, just has taken really tremendous strides and is, is in a great spot to uh, to find himself as a what. Uh, it, I'm going to say mid-round pick, but yeah, I don't he, think he really said second to fourth was his feedback. Yeah. And, you know, we'll go with mid-round pick. We'll see where he's at with his, uh, you know, with his size and athleticism and things like that, getting to the combine and, and stuff like that. But he's a good, good player, really good player. Like one of those guys, good football player that like he could have been a defensive end here. And you don't say that about everybody that plays on offense. I think he, he could have been a defensive end. And that says something to his ability to play the sport in addition yeah. to his athleticism. And I, th- I think that, uh, you know, he would be classified as something of a rarity or a little bit more unique in the sense of his commitment to developing as a blocking tight end. I mean, it's it's certainly a quality that Penn State wants out of its tight ends, but they recruit so many receivers who are really just oversized tight ends who that is their primary focus when they first get to Penn state. And it's a, it's a little bit more of a learning curve, I think than what Brenton strange experienced. So yeah. Yeah. You don't get those ready-made guys like Pat, like we think that Rappelier will be. And, and to be honest with you, and we had a thread on the board about this this week is those two guys were a year older than their class. Anyway, that, that yep. year, that 18 year old year is a year that you can go from 215 pounds. If you have the frame like these guys, and I actually did the same myself, for different reasons, but 215 pounds to 230, 235, something like that. And then, um, you know, they, they, they keep it on for good reasons. Some of us don't. So that's kind of where we're at with the tight end. So the the worry factor there, not high, even though Brenton Strange, really, really good player. Yeah. Let's let's move on to the one that everybody, everybody you know, look, it's, it's just it's we will not stop talking about this until there is resolution. And so far, there has not been so. Parker Washington is moving on. We know this. Penn State is active in the transfer portal. Uh, Greg and I have both written stories this week, last week, about Taylor Stubblefield and and some of the things that he has said about what they're doing, right? What, what Penn State's approach is going to be. There is no secret to this that Penn State is going to be, is currently active in the transfer portal and recruiting at that position because you you can recognize that there's just not, there are not established pieces ready in that room, right? Uh, it doesn't mean that that things can't happen. And, and I think that that's maybe the jumping off point, right? Is how big is this game for Keandre Lambert-Smith, Trey Wallace, you, you know, Malik Mega to whatever extent he's able to appear. Um, where, where, do, where do you see this game as sort of a barometer of how that position stands coming out of the Rose Bowl? Well, for this game specifically, you've still got Mitchell Tinsley here, of course. Um, but key Andre Lambert Smith is my key in terms of the receivers go and how the receivers go, because confidence is such a big part of how he plays. Like he came off of that Michigan State game threw a touchdown pass, five catches, 83 yards and a touchdown uh, as a receiver. That's great for him. Kid is phenomenally talented, phenomenally talented. And, and he's a guy that I wouldn't mind seeing get a run in the slot uh, next year. Uh, maybe even this year with with Parker out, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but Keandre is phenomenally talented, and he's a guy that uh, you know when things are going well, he is playing great. When things when he drops a ball, when he you know has a, a penalty as a blocker or something like that, it lingers uh, far too long. So that's the thing. If they can get him out of that 
that mindset where, you know, you've got to have a short-term memory. You've got to forget about the last play. If the last play was a poor play and then make your good plays last even longer. You know, I think that that's a big thing for him. So can he be a number one? Absolutely. He can be a number one. Does, is he there yet? Absolutely not. So very curious to see how he continues to develop because there's a ton of talent there. There's a ton of, um, you know, the things to work with there. Trey Wallace is, you know, a, a really, really good athlete that's still developing into a wide receiver. You look at those three, Tinsley, Lambert Smith, Wallace, those are, I think, the three guys. But I also think we get a lot of 12 personnel with Strange, with Theo Johnson, even with Tyler Warren out there, maybe run three tight ends at times because that's, you know, the I think the way that this game is going to go. Malik Mega has been great on special teams, hasn't made a dent on offense. Um, and that's tough. So when you sort of lay it out on paper, you can see where the portal need is because be, you've got these guys that are all, you know, right now, not number one receivers. And that's, that's fine because that's how you develop, you know, that assembly line that you get going. Um, and then you've got a hole after those guys. And then you've got young guys, you've got Caden Saunders, uh, Amari Evans, who we talked about Liam Clifford. We saw a little bit this year. Didn't see any of Anthony Ivy, even though he's a talented kid. Um, Tyler Johnson was an automatic red shirt and Carmelo Taylor um, is a guy that they just signed. So I think there's a big hole right there in the middle of that, that, that wide receiver group. And that's fine. Um, but you're still looking at portals. Uh, you're still looking at every option possible. Marquise Montgomery picked up an offer yesterday, junior college kid from snow. Uh, Desna Washington is a kid that they're looking at in the junior college ranks. Uh, those are two top five Juco receivers, according to on three. Um, so the, they're exploring every option, turning over different stones. They offered Freddie Robinson or Roberson, excuse me, uh, from Eastern Washington yesterday, heck of an athlete, um, at, at a lower level. So, um, they're trying, trying some things and the names that we remembered from the portal, uh, earlier this month, still out there. Dante Cephas still out there. Devin Carter from NC state, a guy that I'm watching, uh, and a couple of others that we've been documenting there on the site with the, the portal coverage. Um, they're just, they're trying to find something because of that, that, that group there with Saunders and Evans and Ivy, um, is someone from that group ready to make that jump? And I think they're talented, but are they ready to make that jump in 2023? Are they, do they have to wait until 2024? And that's where your gray area comes in. That's where the, why the portal need is so, you know, high, especially because you look at the rest of the roster, you see what Penn state has coming back for 2023. You get excited by that. And then you realize you need somebody to catch the ball and somebody to be playmakers a little bit more consistently than you've gotten from Lambert Smith and from Wallace. Is, is there a guy in that group that you just mentioned, you know, not that you're betting on, but if if a guy was to take a step, if somebody had the talent to put it all together, whether that's just the light clicking, whatever it may be, is do you see a guy in that group that could that could potentially have those characteristics? I think Keandre. I mean, we still, you know, he's he's just a sophomore uh, essentially on on the uh, on the listing there. Um, so he's got plenty of potential. Like, like I said, he's got potential to be a number one. It's just a matter of, of getting him there, of getting him confident enough to do that. And then when he's confident, getting that consistently out of him is tough. Uh, lower, you know, in that second group that I mentioned, I think Caden Saunders is kind of the same way. You know, he came in with high expectations, didn't play this year, redshirted this year, um, did some nice things, but, you know, confidence is going to be a, a factor. And when these guys learn, and I, and I also think something we're probably not talking about as much is these guys follow the portal recruiting as well. They understand that Penn State's bringing somebody in or trying to bring somebody in to be a starter. So what does that say to the players on the roster right now? 
it's hard to say because you don't know how these guys are going to respond, especially the, the way that Keandre, Caden, uh, Omari, these guys, you know, have been not leaned upon, but uh, they, they have different levels of expectations and some have hit and some have not. So very curious to see that element and how it plays out um, with the, with the transfer portal, because uh, receiver is a position where you're going to miss on guys because those uh, athletes are, not dime a dozen, but those athletes are similar athletes across the board. And you got to find the ones that can, can make the catches and stuff like that. But on top of that, that receiver is one that is built on confidence. And that's a, that's a play to play thing, but it's also a year to year thing. And we're going to see where these guys are at coming out of this year. I I will say just because I think it needs to be mentioned. uh, uh, It seems to be, uh, uh, there seems to be a sentiment that, you know, Drew Alar is, so attractive, right? That that he would be the piece that is that draws portal players to Penn State, and I think that that is certainly an element that's real that that does exist. That is something that is appealing to uh, you know guys that Penn State is uh, targeting in the transfer portal. But let's be real. Let's be honest about this. <laughs> NIL is also a, a, a big deal. Uh, th- that was one of the main distinctions that I think the feedback from signing day was that I gathered was when there's a, there's a very distinct difference between the conversations happening from coaches to high school prospects and coaches to portal prospects, right? Guys that are in the portal who have been doing it for a long time uh, are looking at a one year transfer, right? Uh, A final season at Penn state or anywhere else. It's money. It's money. It, it it just is. It's money. So uh, I, I do think that that is an element to to watch and keep an eye on as this process. There it is. The graphic. The graphic. My favorite graphic. Nil. So no, it's, it's just. It's also. It's also. You know, spending your money for proven production, and that's totally. different than than you know signing a class where sixty percent are going to hit if you're lucky. So we'll we'll see how this continues to go, but like, you know, there's, there's the appeal there. Like Penn state has been selling this from the, from the day that the portal opened was for receivers. I mean, we talked to a couple of guys where they say, Hey, we got a five-star receiver. We or excuse me. We got a five-star quarterback coming up through the pipe. We want him to, you, we want you to be on the other side of those passes. So that's a selling point, but it's not necessarily with the portal going to be the be all end all for these guys. I mean, and, and also you look at the, the, the competition, Devonte Walker went to UNC. Drake Mays there. Drake Mays really good, and he's proven it. Like he's he's done it on the field. So it's not just a, situ- a situation where you're the only team with a five star quarterback or the only team with a, a, a blue chip quarterback that you're trying to sell. Because that's something that you know, oftentimes when you're competing at the level that Penn State is competing against, they, yeah. they've got those guys too. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So we will continue to watch that position, and then one last one, which I think is interesting, and. We're, we're keeping an eye on that that maybe is a, a little under the radar in terms of people's consciousness um you know from from a fan perspective cornerback right uh Joey Porter being gone you look at that room and certainly you see Kalen King returning Johnny Dixon returning Marquise Wilson Daquan Hardy there there's talent and experience in that room but uh, as we've seen, Penn State continues to be uh, somewhat active in the portal space uh, for cornerback as well. 
Yeah, I mean, you're not going to replace Joey Porter. Joey Porter's a fantastic football player, probably a first-round pick, hopefully for Penn State's sake, uh, you know, the first cornerback selected by Penn, or from Penn State in the first round. Um, but you still feel pretty good about the guys that you have back there, but they still want to add. And I think they're going to, you know, in, in the portal, be active and, you know, bring in a guy that can work maybe similar to a Johnny Dixon, maybe a one-year guy. It's hard to say, but uh, Penn State, I think, will be continue to be active in the portal. But you've also got a guy like Cam Miller who came in, played as a freshman, a true freshman on special teams. So if you can get him into the rotation, uh, King, Dixon, uh, Miller, we'll see if Mar- where Marquise Wilson fits in. Um, so you've got you've got bodies to work with. It's just a, a tough position to recruit. Um, but I do think when we look at the portal, we look so hard at um, receiver. But I think corner is certainly a spot where they can – they can make something happen there. Yeah. So uh, I, don't, I don't really have anything to add about corner. There's, there's really not much it, more. I mean, you've yeah, got, you, it, you know the guys you got. You you brought in some freshmen that you think maybe Elliot Washington can play. Maybe Zion Tracy can play. Um, he's one of those guys that's a year older than his classmates. So you've got guys that you're looking for, but they sure would like to get another experienced guy in there and make it work. I know they, they went after Gavin Holmes. They were supposed to have a visit with Gavin Holmes from Wake Forest. He committed to Texas, signed, if you want to call it, to Texas last week, um, yeah. kicked the tires on a couple other guys. But, uh, you know, you've got some you've got some some options there. So we'll see. So we'll see what happens. But uh, corner is just they've played so well. It's kind of just in the back of your mind that it's going to be fine. So I, I'm just going to continue to go and trust Terry Smith with this one because I think they'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. It, it's also, <clears throat> I think, a, a little bit of a demonstration of – you know, the mentality of, Hey, you're, you're going to see what's out there and anywhere that you can make an immediate upgrade, or even if the guys that you already have are are very good and have demonstrated that they're very good. If you have some, if you have people that can come in and give you a boost at even strong positions, you're, you're going to investigate all of those options. So it, uh, it's certainly an interesting uh, storyline to watch moving forward. They had two all Americans this year, so you can sell that pretty easy. Yeah. Well, and 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 honestly, uh, I, I don't have the number off the top of my head, but I think it's five or six cornerbacks. Uh, uh, Terry brought it up the other day. Uh, Zach McPherson being, if you include him in the cornerbacks that they've had in the room, it's something like six cornerbacks over the last six years in the NFL draft that have gone. So, uh, and that and specifically at Penn State, that's coming after uh, a fairly lengthy drought and a time where uh, traditionally, historically, I think there had been maybe six cornerbacks taken in the draft before Terry got uh, to, to Penn State uh, nine years ago. And so that's it's just the proof is in the pudding, and they've been able to, to demonstrate that uh, yearly at this point. So yep. People are still trying to put them out the pasture too. So that's uh, every year when there's a coaching change, how can Terry move around? Uh, it's an interesting conversation. <laughs> But no, I think I think we're done with our conversation today. Does that sound about right? I think we are. We are. We are. Uh, both of us looking to cram as much stuff in as we possibly can before traveling. We are traveling again uh, on Friday, but we will have a ton of stuff uh, for you guys out at the Rose Bowl. Uh, and so that's going to be the whole, the whole team with blue white illustrated. We're going to be at all of these events. We're going to have YouTube stuff for you. Uh, and again, Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please like the video. Uh, do do all of the things that you can. Please, uh, when you're watching this video, if you're listening on on a podcast, please rate and review the podcast. We uh, value 
that feedback uh, as much as we possibly can, as long as it's respectful and fairly nice. I, I just, it hurts my feelings. I'll say it. Um, <laughs> but other than that, uh, $10 Blue White Illustrated, part of the On3 network, August 31st. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys next time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.